steal. And Pass with the chain. And St. John's takes down number three, Villanova. A signature win for Mike Anderson. Welcome to another edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Mordiello, and I am your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And we're going to come to you with a little bit of a shorter show here. Uh, should be just my my thoughts on the win here. Uh, going to have no guests or anything like that, so should be a little bit of a shorter uh, show. Just a heads up, but uh, we're going to talk about the Red Storms' 81 to 66 win over Xavier tonight. I was in the building. It was my return to Carnesecca Arena. I had not been in Carnesecca Arena since the St. John's Creighton game in uh, early March 2020. So it was almost uh, two years to the day since I had last been in Carnesecca. Uh, it is still ugly as ever. It, it is still uh, just a horrible, horrible building. Uh, just a just a horrible building to watch a, a game. Uh, I was in the, I guess, the second level, I guess you would call it. I don't even know. So I had no seat backs. So I, I'm sitting with a heating pad on my back right now. Uh, my back could not take that at all. Uh, there is no leg room in, in the second level. I, I, I guess I hadn't sat in the second level for a while. Uh, but man, there is no leg room up there at all. Uh, there's no walk room if you need to get up to go to the bathroom or anything like that uh you know when, when you look at the issues with this program i think karnasek arena is probably number like one or two in terms of of things that need to be fixed uh for this program because that is just a dump building and uh i guess i had forgotten about it you know I, i'm reminded of it every single game that we play but i don't see it as much maybe watching on tv uh but yeah my return to karnasek arena and uh it is just it is just as bad as i remembered it is it is a high school gym and that might even be being kind to be honest with you uh it is it is just not a nice arena to watch a game they need to renovate that building they need to go in and just tear that thing down play a year's worth of games at the garden or ubs figure something out two years worth of games however long you have to play in a building that's not carnesecca tear it down and and just rebuild it or, or renovate it at least give us seat backs give us a, you know an arena don't give us a basement it, it feels like that is a basement that I'm watching a basketball game in especially when you're in the upper level when like I said you have no seat back you got 15 people crowded up against you it's just it's a mess that 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 upper level is a mess and like I said it's it's a, being it would be nice to call it a high school gym uh, and I had to get that off my chest because like I said I, I hadn't been to it obviously I didn't go to a game last year at Carnesecca and then this year, uh, I just I had it didn't work out. I had wanted to do this show a bunch to where I was doing it right after the game, so I, I passed up on going to a couple of games to Carnesecca. Um, and this was obviously the last one of the year. And uh, you know, my girlfriend wanted to go as well, so uh, she went to St. John's. So we went together, and uh, it was it was a nice you know obviously it was a great seeing them win the game, but you know a, a, as a whole it was not a great experience being back in Carnesecca Arena. And I wanted to just get that off my chest. I'm sure if you're listening to that, you you know yeah you know that this is a uh, that they, that it's a dump building. We've all we've all had that discussion before, but I wanted to get that get that off my chest. I don't need to go too in depth uh, into the the other issues with Carnesecca, but I'm sure uh, we all know them. But in terms of the actual game, St. John's takes down Xavier, 81 to 66. They're now 16 and 13 uh, overall in the season. More importantly, they are 
eight and ten in the conference. They are locked into the seventh seed, so they will be the seventh seed in the uh, in the in the Big East tournament on uh, on Wednesday night. Starting on Wednesday night, they will almost certainly play DePaul. I think there's a scenario where Butler could fall back to the ten, but you know, ninety five percent they're gonna play DePaul on uh, on Wednesday night, so they'll get a chance to avenge that horrible loss to DePaul over the weekend uh, on on Wednesday night. And then if they can get past DePaul and and take that game, they will go against Villanova on Thursday night. So the seven seed, they will play the ten seed DePaul, and then possibly two seed uh, Villanova on uh, on Thursday night, which should be a fun game. You know, if they can get past DePaul. Uh, that's a you know that's that's certainly a question I think at this point. But if they can get past DePaul, they get a fun game against Villanova on on a Thursday night. You know they played a great game against Villanova at the Garden. I wouldn't say a great game. They had a great comeback against Villanova at the Garden last month. Uh, so it'd be fun to see them play again on on a, on a night game in the Big East tournament. Just kind of feels right as a fan to have that one. But obviously they got to get past DePaul first uh, with that. And you know as fans, at least as 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 um, in from my perspective uh, much be- much better to see them as the seven seed rather than the eight seed if they were the eight seed they would have played the 430 game on Wednesday which would have stunk uh, trying to get into the city you know for that and then they would have had to play the noon game on Thursday if they won that against Providence which honestly that probably is a- an easier path I had saw this you know be discussed uh, earlier in the week and I talked about it with some people the the uh, you know Butler in the first round Providence in the second round is probably an easier path than DePaul in the first round, Villanova in the second round. Actually, it's certainly an easier pass, uh, path. But uh, you know, for the viewers' perspective and for us that are going to be going to the games, I think that we would have much rather preferred the two night games than the two day games. So uh, you know, again, maybe not the best path for St. John's, but in terms of us uh, actually watching the games and being able to go to the games, I think this is this is much better this way. But let me get into the actual game now. I just spent six or seven minutes talking about nonsense there. Uh, like I said, St. John's takes down Xavier 81-266 in Karnasek Arena. It was senior night for the Red Storm. They uh, honored, what, Steph Smith, Tariq Coburn. Fittingly, Tariq Coburn has uh, one of his best games of his St. John's career. He leads the way, which I don't think he's ever led them in scoring before this season, so he does it tonight with 20 points, uh, 5 of 7 from 3-point range. St. John's as a team only hit 8 3-pointers. They went 8 of 22. Coburn had 5. Aaron Wheeler had 3. So those two guys shot 8 of 12 from 3-point range. Everyone else went 0 of 10 from 3-point range, including an 0 of 5 from uh, Julian Champagne, who actually didn't have a, a bad game either uh, from him. Him, uh, went seven to fifteen from the field, nine, 19 points and uh, and eight rebounds from him. But Coburn was a story in this one. Honestly, the the lineup of of Posh, Julian, Soriano, uh, Wheeler, and uh, and Terry Coburn. That was the story of this game, I think, for St. John's. That was the lineup for sure. I know that that didn't that didn't start. Steph Smith got the start tonight. Uh, I know that that lineup didn't start, but that was the lineup I would say that built the lead in the second half, and that was the lineup that kind of put the game away there uh, in the second half as well. You know, obviously, I've been very very hard on Mike Anderson this season, and I think a lot of it has been warranted. And I think if you listen to this show, you probably have been very disappointed with his coaching performance as well. I will give him credit for sticking with that lineup for the final 
seven, you know, meaningful minutes of this game. I, I want to say that that um, Wheeler and uh, and uh, Coburn checked back in at like the eight minute mark, and I don't think that they came out until the game was pretty much decided there in the final minute. So I guess credit to Anderson for that, but it still feels like his rotations in this game were just kind of you know on the fly. It seemed like he was just kind of you know throwing you know what at the wall and seeing what sticks in terms of um, you know who he was, who he was going to play with, you know what what guys what lineups he was going to put out there, and you shouldn't be doing that the 29th game in the season, but here we are again it just feels like the subs are very very inconsistent it feels like there's no real rhyme or reason to it it just kind of feels like he's throwing guys out there and seeing uh like i said what kind of works uh and and that almost cost them in this game because you know that we saw i still think that we saw too much uh, uh, Dylan Wusu. We saw too much of uh, Montez Mathis. I know that they only played 12 and 13 minutes, but it was, there was periods of the game where I'm saying, why are these guys in the game right now? They just Neither one of them had it tonight. Wusu was in some sort of a funk, it feels like, and Mathis just didn't have it. He missed a couple of layups in this game. Um, but, you know, again, again, I will say credit to Anderson for sticking those guys on the bench and for going with his best five, you know, for the, the meaningful portions of this game. You know, it felt like, again, it would be, you know... Um, Coburn hits a couple of shots in a row. Coburn hits two, three shots in a row. And then he goes to the bench for four or five minutes. You know, it felt like we saw that again for uh, for points of the second half. And that's when Xavier kind of made a little bit of a run to get back in the game. But again, I will give credit to Anderson for uh, for going with his best five and what his you know those five guys that I mentioned that five man lineup of Posh, uh, Julian, Soriano, Coburn, and Wheeler they scored 77 of the 81 points. Steph Smith had two, Montez Mathis had two. No one else scored for St. John's who played in this game. Um, so you know if, if you're a proponent of going kind of to a smaller rotation, there it is right there. You know you got 77 points out of your five uh, best players on the court tonight. And again, I'll give Anderson credit to that. I don't get why Rafael Pinzon played two minutes. Uh, I, 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 just, I don't really understand that. Omar Stanley only played four. But again, I, I don't hate Stanley as much not playing. But Pinzon, uh, I want to see him getting some play here. You know, these games aren't really that meaningful for St. John's at, at down the stretch. I would like to see Pinzon getting some playing time. So that was a little bit um, head-scratching as well uh, in terms of, of, of uh, the, the playing decisions. But, you know, I, I thought it was an okay game uh, coaching standpoint from Anderson. You know, again, I've made I've made my feelings clear on him. Uh, I I think that there should at least be conversations about his future with the team and whether or not he's brought back uh, to lead this team. You know, you have to wonder if this is kind of his ceiling as a head coach in terms of you know getting a team to a certain point and then kind of underachieving from there. You know, when you look back at his time from Arkansas and then obviously his his three uh, seasons here, you know, with a sixty whatever year uh, old head coach, you know, kind of have to wonder how much he's going to improve in his time here as well. So I think that those conversations should be had about his future. I don't think that they will be had because as we know, this program, they don't operate that way. They don't, they don't operate in, you know, competency. They're not, they're not the smartest program in the world. So if I had to guess, they probably won't have those conversations. They'll probably run it back with Anderson uh, next year, but you know, just, just thinking, I I think that those conversations should be had, but again, tonight was a, was a bright spot. Um, If it doesn't necessarily change my outlook on 
the season. I feel like I've said that before. You know, I, I believe I said that after the last Xavier game. I said, you know, this game was a nice win, but, you know, it doesn't exactly change the way that I feel about this season. And, of course, at this point, this one doesn't uh, do that either. It was a nice win. It was nice to send the uh, the seniors out with a win. It was nice to send Julian out of Karnaseka Arena with a win. This will almost certainly be uh, his last game at Karnaseka, so it was nice to see him put up a nice game with 19 points, 8 rebounds on 7 of 15 shooting uh, for him. So that was good. But again, it doesn't necessarily change my outlook on what this season has been. I think that this has been a you know a failed season. And I think that, like I said, I think that there needs to be some sort of change going into next season. Uh, not that I think that there will be, but I, you know my opinion is that there should be, or at least that should be explored uh, going into next season. And you know, but I but I will give them credit for the win tonight. It was a nice win. Xavier does not look like a tournament team, but you know, by any stretch of the imagination, if you were just watching that game as an as an outside observer and you didn't really know much about either team, I think you would have thought St. John's was the the tournament team there, and Xavier was the team that was kind of you know in a slide and going headed to the NIT. I mean, Xavier isn't a slide, but man, they look like they've just kind of quit on the season. Uh, they got a bunch of just bad performances from guys. That guy Kunkel went 0 of 10 from the field. He was horrible. Xavier as a team shoots 5 of 30 from uh, from three-point range uh, in this game. They shoot 16% from three-point range. It's not like St. John's played incredible defense, I don't think. They had a lot of open looks, to be honest with you. They just couldn't hit a basket. What, they have an 0 for 12 uh, stretch uh, in there in the first half. I believe they had like you know, 13, 14 points in the first uh, 12 or 13 minutes. They just couldn't score in the first half. It's not like St. John's is playing incredible defense, like I mentioned. Uh, it was just a a poor, poor offensive performance from his, from Xavier and a team that's really going nowhere. And again, they're going to be the eighth seed in, in the conference tournament now. You know, they're going to win, what, seven or eight games? I guess they'll win maybe eight games in the conference uh, if they can beat Georgetown over the weekend. That's not, I don't think that's an NCAA tournament team. I know that all the metrics favor them, and I think that the net has them very, very high because uh, I think this was technically a quad two win for St. John's tonight. I know that the metrics love uh, Xavier, but I, I don't know. Like just the eye test, they don't look like a tournament team at this point. Uh, even though they, I, I think that they're they've been like a nine seed or a ten seed on almost everyone's brackets. So they're probably going to get in unless they just completely fall into a tailspin here and lose, you know, their next two games really. Um, but man, they just they looked horrible in this game. As uh, as St. John sweeps them, but you know, uh, again, I'm not gonna come out here and say that my entire outlook of the season has changed. I'm especially not gonna come out here and say that we're gonna make a run in the Big East tournament now. I'm absolutely not doing that. You know, I I, I know I saw some uh, people floating that around. John Fanta, I, I love you, man. You know, you, you're the best. You do a great job covering, uh, you know, the the uh, the Big East. But uh, we're not doing the narrative of, of St. John's can make a run here. We're not doing that. We do that every single year. We say, watch out for St. John's. I mocked it on this show last week. If you listen to the show last week, uh, every year we go, watch out for St. John's. They can make some noise, and they never do. So uh, I'm, I'm in, again... If you're if you're listening to this show, you're probably a negative fan. I, w- I would say that you're probably a little bit more pessimistic uh, with the way that this season has gone, especially if you're still listening at this point. I guess, uh, and if you're still listening at this point, I think you're a big enough St. John's fan to know that you know it, it's better to let this team actually you know have the success before you expect it. 
You know, it's it's better to kind of go into seasons not having a whole lot of expectations, uh, and then you know be, be pleasantly surprised if they do exceed those expectations. I think that if if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a big enough fan to know that. So, you know, go into the Big East tournament expecting to lose early or expecting to not make a run, and then if they do make a run, you're pleasantly surprised. But I'm not gonna let you know one or two wins here kind of sway my opinion of uh, of the season. So. So, you know, we'll see about that. But uh, like I said, you know, and just just looking at it from a practical standpoint, guys, you know, if they had done anything this season to make me think that they would step up to the plate here and, and, and you know, put together a three, four day run in the Big East tournament, in Madison Square Garden, you know, I would want to believe I, I really do want to believe, but I just I can't do it. You know, every single chance that this team has gotten to kind of, you know, put their mark on this season and to make, you know, that take that next step into being a tournament team, they have failed. You know, and this doesn't really change that. You know, this is kind of one of those anomalies that we saw, like the road game against Xavier, like the road game against Seton Hall, like the home game against Butler, or like either game against Butler where they crushed them at home and they had the gutsy win on the road. You know, those were all kind of more anomalies, I would say, this season uh, and aren't really what this team is. So, you know, you know, if you can kind of you know, you got to kind of focus on that, I would say. And, and, you know, you look at that and you say every single chance that they've had, like I said, to take that next step, they have not done it. So I, nothing makes me think that they're going to suddenly now, you know, grab that brass wing brass ring and, you know, take that next step and, and win three, four games in the, in the big East tournament and get, you know, a, a, a the auto bid for the big East and win the big East. Uh, nothing right now tells me that they can do that. Like I said, I want them to do that. I am a diehard fan of this team. Like I said, I was at Carnesec arena tonight in a meaningless game against Xavier, you know, yelling from the second level about, you know, fast and been horrible calls and, you know, things like that. Uh, you know, I, I'm a diehard fan of this program, as are you if you're listening to this, for sure. You know, if, you, if you're still listening to this show March 3rd or March 2nd, I should say, uh, you know, when the season is basically over, you're a diehard fan of this program. We all want this to happen, but I just, I, I can't get behind this team all of a sudden uh, making a run in the Big East tournament. I, I just, I can't do it. I really want to. And if it happens, I will be ecstatic. I will be so happy that to be wrong about this. But I, I'm not gonna go out there and say, you know, oh, they're they're making the big run in the uh, in the Big East tournament. I got two more things I want to get to, and then I'll wrap up. Um, Number one on the coaching, I have to say this because when I was saying about screaming my head off, one of the things I was screaming about was the end of this game. St. John's had no intention to run the clock out. I don't know what they were doing, but when there was like two and a half minutes to go and they were up by 13, let's say, or they were up by, you know, 14, uh, they were taking shots with like 20 seconds to go on the shot clock. They were, Posh was, was, was taking the ball to the basket with like 23 on the shot clock and it ended up working out for them more times than it didn't I would say and obviously they won by 15 it's not like Xavier ever really even got close but that was just more a product of Xavier being horrible and not being able to hit a shot like I mentioned going 5 of 30 from three-point range um they were not it just seemed like again that's a that's a basic basketball thing there when you have a big lead you know a double digit point lead there uh or yeah double digit point lead there with two minutes to go take 25 30 seconds off the clock even if you don't score it doesn't matter because you just cut cut so much time that they can be making a comeback um you know and 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 just shooting there with with 23 seconds to go or driving to the basket or you know making a pass to, to take a layup with 23 seconds to go on the shot clock um it's not smart basketball 
And I, I, I don't know why. I, I, I feel like I'm yelling that from the second level as if they can hear me. Um, but Anderson didn't seem like he was doing that. So I just, I didn't understand that. Like I said, it didn't end up hurting them anyways. Uh, they ended up winning pretty easily. But again, that was more a product of Xavier just being horrible. If Xavier hit a couple of threes there at the end, this would have been a close game. You know, this would have been a, a much, much different ending uh, rather than bringing in the walk-ons if, uh, you know, if, if, if Xavier could hit a shot there because it just, you know, the, the final two minutes of this game we were still playing like this helter-skelter offense. It was crazy. Pull the ball out, run the clock. Like I said, run 30 seconds off the clock. Uh, I couldn't believe what I was watching there. So that's that's kind of a nick in the negative, uh, uh, um, you know, a, a tick in the negative um box for Anderson in this one but uh, yeah that was one thing and then I also have to get to the to the jerseys uh, you, you saw my thoughts on Twitter if you follow me on Twitter I was very very disappointed in the jerseys I know my man TA who listens to this show uh, was very disappointed as well uh, you know all we want is the Felipe Lopez throwbacks man that's all we wanted it would be so easy to do that you know get whatever licenses you need and just get those on a jersey that's all we wanted but why are we doing gray again? That's not in our color scheme. And it feels like every three, four years, you know, they, they bring out a new gray uniform. That's just going to be ugly and ugly and ugly. And even if, you know, I mean, I hate the gray. That's like I said, that's not in our color scheme. Blue is not in our color scheme. Stop with the gray. Stop with the blue. Give me red. Give me, give me white or yeah, give me red. Give me white. You can give me yellow if you want. Give me black if you want. I don't need blue uniforms or gray uniforms, especially. No, I don't want gray uniforms. That doesn't make any sense, especially when you just slap the St. John's word mark on there. I think someone said on Twitter, I forget who it was. It might have been the guy Tom, uh, who I, I don't know his last name, but he might have said, I think they said something like, you know, Nike realized that they had a, a project due at midnight, so they just kind of threw that and submitted it for the last game. I mean, that's what it looked like. It was, it, they looked so uh, cheaply put together, like there was no thought uh, uh, put to them, uh, you know, but, but regardless of what you think of the uniforms, why were they debuted with with one game left in the season or in the regular season? Like they're gonna be these uniforms are gonna be worn once or twice now. Like like what was the thought process there? I would love to hear an explanation as to why they waited until March first or like did they were they not ready? Were the uniforms like stuck you know in in a supply chain thing somewhere? I know that we have issues with that. Was is that what was going on here? Because why were, why were they debuted uh, with the for the last game of the season? That just that made no sense to me, and it speaks to the the ineptness of uh, the people that are, are are in higher positions in this university that they just they can't get anything right. You know, St. John's does a lot, does a lot more wrong than they, than they do right in terms of making decisions, and and that just kind of that's the latest example of one uh, debuting a new uniform with one game left in the season. Just just completely makes makes absolutely no sense. But uh, that's tonight's show. Thank you all for listening. I will be back next week. I will do uh, either Monday or Tuesday. I'm going to do a Big East tournament preview. Uh, Not sure who I'm going to have on, but I will have a guest for that one. So it won't just be me talking the whole time. Um, We'll break down the Big East tournament. We'll break down St. John's chances in the Big East tournament of, uh, of making a run. And we'll see about that. So that'll be Monday or Tuesday. I'll be at the Big East tournament. I don't think I'm gonna do a rapid or a, you know a show right after the the, the game on a, on Wednesday night. I tried to do that two years ago, if you remember, and it just didn't work out. There was it was too loud in, in, in where I was trying to record it. Uh, I'll have my laptop with me. I'll, I'll see if I'm able to, but no guarantees on that. Uh, but I will definitely have a Big East preview show up on uh, on Monday or Tuesday. So definitely look out for that. Thank you all for listening, and as always. 
always, let's go Johnnies.